It's autumnal. And one time we we got a guy a guy puked on a bus we were on, and then he blamed it on the fact that we were howling to Werewolves of London. Fucking rube. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative of the Town podcast brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. And you're not my father, Jack, so let's get down to business. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who does a great Elvis impersonation. It's Mark. Hi. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week... We watched 2016's The Conjuring 2, just in time for Halloween, which was a jack pick. It's all planned out. You might just be hearing this on for Thanksgiving, Halloween, huh? <laughs> just in time for Halloween. It's going to be perfect. He'll cut that out. If you, don't, if you didn't hear that part, he'll cut it out, <laughs> listener. Well, it's helpful to tell them, because I definitely won't cut that part out, too. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm trusting that you'll just, if I talk long enough, you'll forget to cut part of it. It's a goddamn guarantee. Yep. Listener, uh, <laughs> just in case, happy Halloween, happy Thanksgiving. Maybe happy Valentine's Day. Oh, we'll believe in me a little bit, Mark. Like a little bit. Give me Christmas at least. Okay. <laughs> and hey, we've got a Patreon going right now, but we are not where your money should be going. So as we have been doing for some time now, we are continually continuing to donate all of our Patreon proceeds to Feeding America. Uh, it's a much better use of your money. Um, and hey, if you don't want to do that and get the perks that go along with it, that's fine. But please do consider doing what you can to help right now because there's a lot of things that need help. Top of mind right now would be voting. See, that's another vote. timely thing I'm going to have to cut out. Go vote. Fucking just go vote. Do it. Uh, and then also, if you can, consider donating to a cause that is doing good things in the world. We continue to use blacklivesmatters.ca rrd.co is a good list of resources and find ways to help oppose racial injustice in this country. But God knows we all need a little escapism right now. So hopefully you can have some fun with us in the horror world for the next little bit. So now it's time to do the getting drunk part. So that's Gora. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Mark. Hello. What are your beers for these fears? That being the Conjuring 2. I got two Buddy. coming at you. So... First off, Utah Classic Chasing Ghosts IPA by Epic Brewing. I knew it was going to happen. I, I, mean, all, I thought about calling the shot. Yeah, it's a, it's a layup, but you know what? Sometimes things just fit perfectly, and it just so happens that also Epic is just down the road for me. So I would know they're not really chasing any ghosts in this movie. Dude, they, they know where fly the all are. the way from fucking America to the UK, to Enfield. They know where the ghosts are. Hey, speaking of going all the way to the UK. It's inhuman. I am also drinking a Firestone Walker beer. Now, I was going to go Union Jack IPA for obvious reasons, um, and then they did a limited release of their double IPA, which is called Double and you're Jack. And you were going to play London Calling while you did it? Oh uh-huh, exactly. God, we'll it, get yeah. there. I, I wasn't sure if people were going to be able to get the sense of place <laughs> unless I did that. Sledgehammer. Um, so I'm drinking a Double Jack because it is a, obviously a double Union Jack IPA. You got the Union Jack in there, but also because, spoiler alert for this movie, there's two evil entities that they're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. Mark, I'm going to go next because I kind of went along your lines. I didn't have access to Chasing Ghosts, so I picked one that's a little better. Maybe. Uh, it's actually a beer I've never had before, this being from the Lost Coast Brewery. I have had some Lost Coast beers before. But I got a Lost Ghost Hazy Double IPA. 
which okay. kind of it is I what like this movie's about, right? The 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 ghost that they Spoilers. think they're dealing with is act. Oh, thank you. Yep, spoil. We're gonna spoil the Conjuring too. You might have already um, said it. I don't listen to you. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. <laughs> um, the ghost that they're going that they think they're initially dealing with is actually trapped there by a much more demonic spirit. It's lost. It can't find its way to peace. <laughs> Lost Ghost, double a IPA. much more Jake. demonic spirit. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know those are those are good selections if you're doing the name game. I'm still not doing the name game. I wanted to get a beer from England for this podcast. Something about this movie, I don't know. Obviously, given where they are, just kind of exudes like go to a pub, get a good working class British beer, preferably on cask. However, it's COVID, so you. It'd be hard enough to get a cask if it wasn't COVID and we were doing the podcast. It's something I kind of have to sit down at a bar and get. So couldn't do that, but I got the next best thing that I was able to find. This is called Timothy Taylor's Landlord English I English Pale Ale. And uh, it is from, where the fuck is this thing from? <laughs> Boston. No, 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 no. <laughs> Cheshire. Not quite North London, but not too far off. Hell of a lot closer oh. than you guys. Well, if having a British beer is an important thing, too, my side beers here tonight are Harp Lagers. Because you've just had them in the uh, fridge for the last six months? No. You know what? There is, a Jake, the, the place right by your house there uh, has Harp Lager consistently six packs for like $8, hmm. which is baffling to I me. I got this probably on the shelf next to Harp then. Yeah. And I've and it's consistent, right? It's I not a rotating a good pub thing. Beer. I want a good And I've developed a little taste for it, so I've been buying a lot of Harps. Timothy Taylor's uh, landlord, Jack. Now, uh, look, Harp's from Ireland, not from London or, you know. Uh, the, hey, but same subcontinent. Yeah, exactly. Same Cheshire. a lot of things. Same Plus, nobody actually islands. understands how the UK works. Where the, the hell is Cheshire the in relation to Enfield? He's the North. one who he smiles and then he disappears into a tree. Bad. Bad. <laughs> uh, I like it. Oh, my God. It's, it's like in between Liverpool and Manchester. Yeah, it's north. <laughs> it's still UK, I, though. I mean, I, I, gotta, I got the real deal. nailed it. I nailed it too. People I might also not nailed like it, it, but listener, I also <laughs> nailed it. All right, That's boys, good. drinking beers and watching The Conjuring Two isn't the only thing we've done in the horror world over the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other horror shit. So let's start talking about what else has been rocking our horror world. Starting, of course, with paying up on lost beers for fears uh, votes. So let's cue that sound effect. Mm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you jackass! Don't. Now over at the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash horror A-T-O-Z horror. All our patrons at every level get to vote on who did the worst job picking their beer to couple with the movie every week. And uh, then the loser has to watch a movie that the patrons also get to vote on. Uh, so, uh, boys, any you got any lost beers for fears to pay up on? Oh, I got one. Ooh, Mark, what do you got? For losing, uh, let's see here, the dark tapes, I had to watch VHS Viral. Hey. Oh, God. Um, Not a good movie. So, uh, and the other thing that's uh, nice about this one is it also keeps me rolling on my Moorhead and Benson thing because they did yeah. do one of the shorts for this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. doubling down on Moorhead and Benson and also paying up on Lost Beers for Fierce Bets, VHS nice. Viral. Uh -huh, what are your uh -huh, thoughts uh -huh. on VHS Viral? I had to pay money to uh, watch this on Prime. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is no longer available. You can't occasionally, like, it seems like the VHS series itself kind of ebbs and flows from being free on different stuff. So I don't know, wait a month or two and it'll probably be somewhere you can watch it for free. 
Um, I didn't hate this movie as much as everyone seems to indicate I should have. Two well, of the segments good. are actually like straight up good. Which ones? Uh, so the evil magician cloak thing is okay. super campy and dumb magic fighting at the end that I fucking loved. Okay. But that whole the whole okay. concept of it, and especially as it is executed as a short, um, I, I mean, I thought it worked really, really well. And then the okay. other one is the parallel universe where the guy trades places with himself, and then like weird shit is slowly revealed over the course of the evening. That one's okay. I also very much like that. Neither of those, notably, are the Moorhead and Benson one. No. Um, the the Moorhead and Benson one, just to continue the review, is the the last one in the, um, the not counting the frame narrative. It's the last one in the movie and follows um, between two and five young kids as they like travel into Tijuana, Mexico to shoot a uh, uh, skate movie, like a skateboard movie, and um, they just sort of skate their way across a cult and culty things happen. And it was, I mean, it was actually kind of fun. I enjoyed it. It's very kinetic. And there's like, you know, gunshots and fireballs and all this other shit. So it's not like you're bored while watching it or that it's actively bad. It was just sort of like a very strange dissonant feel with what I kind of expected (laughs) to get from them and from the movie in general. Yeah. The unforgivable sin of the movie is the frame narrative, which is in and of (laughs) itself kind of okay. But Um. the part they do bad is the editing holy shit this was edited by like mark the part they do worst is the editing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean whatever i i'm not surprised that mark had the most lukewarm take on this of all of us us lukewarm leaning almost kind of liked parts of it like a temperature that you would <laughs> almost kind of liked parts of it. Yeah, I'm doing okay. that thing Look where right. I actually did like it, but I know it'll hurt my street cred, so I'm I'm trying to refuse to <laughs> yeah, actually okay. admit it. I don't know. It's on brand for you. This is the style of movie that you lean more towards, so I'm not yeah. shocked. It's just it it wasn't my cup of tea. It's not. I, good. I legitimately think you could re-edit the the uh, like main frame narrative sequence and remove all of the insane cuts that they have sure. and improve the movie. On everybody's on everybody's list by three or four points. I mean, the That's, editing is so fucking bad in that frame narrative that it takes you out sure. hard every single time. Yeah, it's unforgivable, Mark. Yeah, it's yeah, awful. I feel it's been I feel a while crossed. since I've seen it, and I remember just I can't I couldn't stay with the movie, so that probably had something to do with it. Yeah, but Mark, luckily, do you want to describe the frame narrative for a view for a potential listener? Or uh, there is like a like a police chase through LA that involves an ice cream truck as the as the vehicle that is fleeing the police and everything that it drives past seems to be possessed by this like crazy signal and people start doing weird shit and it's driving all over the place and killing people and the, the frame narrative cuts between like this one kid who's trying to chase it down because it abducted his girlfriend at the very beginning and then mm-hmm. he finally catches it and yada 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 so yada yep. yada very yada. bad yeah it's I mean it's it's it has the opportunity to be good and really just doesn't capitalize on it largely because as i've said it's impossible to follow because of how poorly edited it is well accurate you've seen accurate. it yep and now i have seen it and i can cross it off the list and i do not really feel particularly <laughs> bad about losing that one so and you had to like rent this on an amazon or some such yep as i said i rented it on prime it was like three bucks four bucks something like that gotcha jake you got anything here Nope, I've been doing more October Halloweeny stuff, watching a lot with the lovely fiance. So I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna dive deep into the ones that I have on the backlog once we hit November. Uh, much like I did this last week, Jaco. 
Uh, no? I've got a triple shot here. Three triple shot. lost beer for fears to pay up on. I think it's officially Jake O'Lantern. <laughs> Jake O'Lantern. Yes, yeah, sorry, I forgot me. your Halloween name. Yeah. See, we're going to make this hard for you to live down if you don't cut it correctly. <laughs> One of the three is... Uh, Kind of Halloweeny. I'm going to consider it a Halloween movie moving forward, or at least one I'm going to like to watch at Halloween. Uh-huh. But the other two, no. And actually, it's really only two and a half because I gave up on one. My God. Through. Oh, okay. My let's start. God. Let's start with the movie identity, which I don't even remember at this point. But I lost the beers for fears for the movie identity. Legitimately, don't remember what that movie. I have to scroll Wait, up so far time in the out, document to out, even out. find this. Timeout. <laughs> so you yeah, watched buddy. three, but you said you only. Stuck. You watched two and a half. Is this the half? No. No. So, this is a full. <laughs> so you watched one and a half. You're literally just saying. No. That you no, watched no, the movie no. No. The title no. No. Identity. No. 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 Identity is the movie I lost for. Oh shit. Okay. You don't remember it either. You no. fucking asshole. <laughs> no, I don't. Had <laughs> hey. Amanda Pete in it. John Cusack. Oh Dr. yeah. John Cusack. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The multiple remember personality. Now. Ray Liotta. The thing with that, the problem with that movie is the title is preposterously forgettable. Yeah, it's very stupid. Yeah. Now it makes sense why I had to watch Mark, I think you gave me a selection of serial killer movies, one of which was Hannibal. I watched the movie Hannibal from the early 2000s. Uh, I had to rent this one. Oh, I rented it on Prime. No, this was, this was a poll based on the characters in the movie. So uh, Belko Experiment for John C. Riley, Ghosts of Mars for someone, Amanda Peet maybe, and then Hannibal for Ray Liotta? I don't fucking Ray know. Liotta well, in Hannibal. Ray I have to go back and look. I definitely didn't see Ray Liotta in Hannibal. No. Okay. Well, then I, maybe I flubbed. You watched the wrong <laughs> Hannibal, Jack. Oh uh, yeah, again. I watched the Mads Mikkelsen TV show. Yep. Um, no, I watched the early 2000s movie Hannibal. That does bring back Doctor Starling. Does bring back Hannibal and adds some new characters. And this is Dude, Ray Liotta uh, is the is... fourth build character on IMDb. You dumbass. He plays. He wasn't talking Paul. about. We're moving how owls. We're an owl made a it. smoke. Attacked his grandma. I didn't. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> um. Anyway, this movie was directed by Ridley Scott. It is not as good as it should be, considering all of the performances are very stellar. Individual scenes are very cool. This is a movie that you can like point to the direction as its weakest point. Like the the, the story is another prep preposterous uh, part of this movie where like you've got a child molester that got attacked by Hannibal so now he's trying to and he became super rich so he's using his riches to try and kill Hannibal so he's bribing people to get Dr. Starling to investigate Hannibal's case 10 years after Silence of the Lambs was said like the plot is abject nonsense and just absolutely buck wild but all of the performances are great individual scenes are really cool they do not mesh well together whatsoever, and this is a hard movie to sit all the way through, and it's pretty long. Um, so I don't think you need to watch this one, but all uh, all the, everybody, the acting's great. Like I, I kind of had a good time watching it. It's just worse than the sum of its parts. Yeah, it was, it, I was womp, womp. just getting ready to say it's it's the anti synergy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a movie that like had pretty famous production troubles and then like one of the the people who owned the rights to the book went to the set of gladiator while they were filming and like ridley scott you're a genius you do it and he was like okay and then didn't uh do a good job with it um but sounds apocryphal i don't know if i believe that i read it on wikipedia mark i don't know i uh it's all i got for you Mm. um fake news 
Okay. The other one, this is this is the half ski. Next up, okay. Jake, is the half ski. Okay. I lost for Antichrist uh, yes. somehow. Um, and I had to watch the <laughs> we Neon all lost. Demon. We all lost for Antichrist, Jack. I think Just he probably so you know. lost. Well, Mark, I lost twice because I had to watch the Neon Demon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. And uh, yep. I, I made the poor decision of using this to kind of unwind after a particularly what? long bad day, and I got 30 <laughs> minutes in and almost broke my television. Uh, such a bad movie. Insufferable. Couldn't I made it through 30 minutes of the movie. I was drunk. I did not fall asleep. I just turned it off. I'm going to have to watch it again, and I will. I think it's fine. But I'm not watching the first 30 minutes back. again. You're not, I know you're not going back, so I'm just going to be on the record it saying you don't have to. sucks. And my lovely wife is a dancer and teaches ballet and is really interested in the world of dance and loves this kind of like color cinematography thing they have going on. She agreed with my decision to turn it off. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fucking bad movie. Also, yeah. it's about it's about modeling, not dance, so much. Okay, but it's kind of in the same world. Okay, um, sure. It sucks. I hated it. I, I hated will say it. it was terrible. I think there's something to be said with we're so deep into this project that it's okay if you start a move if you start a movie and you're driven to turn it off. Like that is enough of a review that that is okay. There's nothing. There's no statute that we've like set forth that's like you must finish every film. I don't think. I don't. I, don't, I didn't write anything down. I was drunk at the time. I mean, well, <laughs> I famously gave that movie the the worst movie of the year you award did. for 2017. Yeah. So. It was one of your many annual omnibus rants. Jake, I well, I appreciate your leniency there. I made it. I think less than a quarter of the way through. This Whatever. If you hated it so much, you turned it off. I'm just saying, there's no reason to go back. There are a billion horror movies. Fair. Jack, Good. the, the uh, middle eighth is where it really picks up. If you, that's where the puma gets up on the couch or whatever. If you're interested in this movie, it is free streaming on Prime right now, and not even through any subscription nonsense, just actual free streaming on Prime. Third cool. movie I had to watch. I lost for The Craft, uh, yeah. which I still don't really understand. You say that every loss. Yeah, Jack, well, do you understand any of these? Because no. you garnered the most votes is, is what you should understand. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Because your beer uh, selection was bad. <laughs> I had to watch the autopsy of Jane Doe. Now, oh. here, here's a full 180 reversal from <laughs> yeah. uh, The Neon Demon. Movie this movie seen many times. still fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, this is freely available on Netflix. I'm not going to spoil this movie because if you haven't seen it, this is a great October movie. This mm-hmm. is a great Halloween mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Turn this the fuck on. Mm-hmm. This is like a tight 94 mm-hmm. of just fantastic horror and pretty bad fire effects. Go watch <laughs> this fucking movie. It's absolutely great. Really well it acted. Holds, it holds the fuck up yeah. on every level. It's good. It's a good movie. Except the fire effects. Um, fire's fine, dude. It's great. It's better than the smoke. I'll give it that. Um, <laughs> this was is it, for people who don't know. This is about uh, kind An of a, a what small county uh, like medical examiner's office that gets a body in. I have to perform an autopsy on it, yep. and horror ensues from there. It's fantastic. It's, it's a very like, sp- uh, it's um, it's is a spooky horror movie, which is yeah, yeah good. it. it it's also kind of like a, a bottle episode, right? Uh, it's just like it's a very contained yeah. horror movie. It's pretty much entirely in this one autopsy room. Really, really a couple good. of exceptions. Emil Hirsch and, and Rip Torn, or who's the other guy? It's Brandon not Rip Torn. or someone? Yeah, I think Rip Torn might have been dead by the time this movie came out, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, R.I.P. Either way, R- Rip, Rip. Uh, this Ooh. movie is great. No, Brian Cox, uh, my bad. Oh, yeah. yes. God yeah. damn it. Uh, go watch this movie. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, that is all I've got to talk about in what uh, beers lost beers for fears. Uh, Q Scatman. Uh, 
Scatman's world. Now, see, boys, the reason I stumbled so much there was because that's also all I have to talk about in all of Rocking Horror Worlds. But that was three fucking movies. Not surprising. So you guys not surprising at all. Fucking talk. Jake, what do you got? What's been rocking your horror world? Yeah, a few things. Uh, first and foremost, I guess I'll go to the one that we watched longest ago on Netflix, dropped earlier in the month. Uh, Vampires versus the Bronx. We nice. checked this one out. Katie was interested in it, so I was like, let's do it. And this is a pretty, this is a very accessible movie. It, I mean, look, it's my on Netflix. I want to so. watch it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's accessible for a variety of reasons. And I think this is like a really easy to sit down and watch enjoyable experience. Um, you don't have to be a hardcore horror fan, but it doesn't hurt because it's going to obviously as a vampire movie, like dip into certain things that if you have seen a lot of movies of that subgenre of horror, you're going to be able to like pick up on and be like, oh, that's an interesting twist on that. It's well shot. It's well acted by a lot of kid actors because this is kind of one of those like things are happening in the neighborhood and you have like a bunch of kids and they're the heroes that no one believes in. The title would suggest to me it's like a fun romp. Is that it, accurate? It mostly is. Um, it is also like this isn't too much of a spoiler because I'm not going to say anything other than basically one word. It's about gentrification and then they frame that around like a vampire invasion. So that's an interesting thing in and of itself because like there's that. social commentary there. Um but it, other than that, which has its moments, um, is a pretty fun watch. So I think that I'd give this one a definite recommend. It's not necessarily like something you need to watch in October, like some October releases are. But good flicks on Netflix. Go check it out. Nice. I like it. Um, another one that I just want to mention super quickly because it's not really a horror movie, but I think it's noteworthy. Uh, we discussed it very briefly earlier in the year. Surely. The, it's one of Elizabeth Moss's movies from this year. It's about oh, okay. Shirley Jackson's life. It's oh I yeah, call yeah, it, yeah 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 okay yeah I, I wouldn't say that it's like a biopic or whatever, but like but it's also not a horror movie, is it? No, and that's why I don't want to talk about it for too long. However, Elizabeth Moss is having a really good year, Hell and yeah. it's horror tangential because of who she's playing in this movie, and it gets weird. But this is more or less. Just a really interesting one to watch. I think if you're a horror fan and you know who the subject is, I would highly recommend it. Just know that it's not a horror movie. That's all I have to say about that one. I mean, Super Jake, did you have a particular connection to Shirley Jackson prior to watching this? I mean, other than I have not read Haunting of Hill House, but other than the fact that that exists and she wrote it. Well, no. but if you haven't read it, it's absolutely yes. nothing like the Netflix you you know so you Mark, like let the me book. let me let me make the connection for you because I'm getting there okay okay gotcha so gotcha, we, gotcha I watched Haunting of Hill House which is super loosely related right right and then what is the newest project Bly, Bly Manor the Haunting of Bly Manor yeah. I also watched that and that's the next thing I have to talk about okay so it's like Returning very loosely screw? related oh, things. no okay no no I, I watched I the Haunting of Bly Manor red stuff no 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 I, I got excited I, I did have to read something for work it wasn't horror it horrified <laughs> me though. <laughs> existential horror the fact that i exist yeah this is just a uh, and this is myself. yeah this is the last thing because it's a bit of a uh, an investment um got through haunting a blind manor um good not as much for me as haunting of hill house if we're gonna put it up against and make comparisons to the last effort that was made in this regard but look like it's very well shot. It's very well produced. It's very well acted. It just didn't have that little, like, zhuzh, the extra horror factor that I feel The Haunting of Hill House carried in spades. So it's not really a fair comparison. I still think that anyone listening to this should go check it out because it's great horror content, just different. 
it's all, while not a tight reproduction of the turning of the screw, it is more it adheres more closely to the turning of the screw than the Haunting of Hill House does to the Haunting of Hill House. Well, the Haunting of Hill House does absolutely sure. dick all yeah. to adhere to the original story, <laughs> yeah. except for keep the same names. And yeah, it's a ghost story. It's spooky. <laughs> spooky. <laughs> it is spooky. I am, I think, seven ninths of the way through Bly Manor. Okay. So we'll probably do that thing where we each talk about it separately. On yeah, and concur- I'm I'm intentionally saying episodes. very little. One of you motherfuckers finish uh, in Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, Country so I can talk about it with someone because oh my god, I need. I haven't even started. I'm still on. I'm still on episode two, Jack. We'll we'll get it's back all to out, that Mark as soon as we go with Bly been. Manor. For some weeks now. I know, uh-huh. I know, I know. Well, but then it, it when it when we started watching it, Bly Manor came out like the next week. And then you turned your attention to Bly Manor. And then I got stuck on the black and white episode of Bly Manor, and that one was a fucking chore to get through. My God. I liked that one, the old-timey one. In the you guys should know this about me by now. Old-timey British period horror is literally the exact opposite of the thing I want in horror. <laughs> there is yeah. nothing in there that this, resonates This was me. certainly not as much of, like, a binge- I, I had to try to stop watching Hill House when that came out, and this one I was I could very easily take a break between episodes. Yeah, I still watched it pretty quickly, but it just it didn't in, enrapture me like Hill House did. Good watch. All, though. all of this just wants me now. This is just inspiring me to go back and watch the addiction episode of Haunting of Hill House. Oh my god, it's so guy. fucking good. <laughs> so yeah. oh my, oh god. my god, yeah. I, 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 I have to say, yeah, though, Victoria uh, Victoria Pedretti, who's the lead in this uh, and was also the little sister in the Hill House, sister. is yeah. just fucking wonderful, man. I love her so much. She's so good. Oh, she's delightful. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yep. Fantastic. All right, Mark, what you got? I got three for you. So I got a duo of seafaring horror to start off with. Oh. Uh, okay. Let me lead off with Mary. Do you, either of you remember this on HRR from, I want to say, February? Not maybe even Mary. February. Oh. Um, so this is Gary Oldman buys a Febo boat, and that, and that boat happens to be haunted, and the haunting is also somehow related possibly to the Bermuda Triangle. That does, okay. Honestly, that doesn't jog my memory at, at all. <laughs> nor, nor should it. Uh, this movie did come out this year. Uh, and it got zero fanfare because it is terrible, terrible. <laughs> oh my goodness! Easily Mary? the front runner for worst movie I've seen this year. What? Um, holy shit! Was Gary Oldman? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's well, and that's why we put it on there was because I look. I'll watch any movie that has Gary Oldman in it. Am that's I right, Jack? Bad. Oh, but Mark, this is about an off-air conversation <laughs> that even Jake isn't privy to. No. <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying right now. We're talking about the movie Tiptoes. <laughs> okay. Starring Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking no, about not. the movie Mary, which no one listening to my voice right now should see. It's bad. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It's just, I mean, it's wow. a poorly assembled rail cart between... Bad jump scares. There, I don't know. There's, it's, it's just a fucking mess. There's witchcraft. There's the Bermuda Triangle, and there's a haunted fucking boat, and there's this family sailing towards this dead zone in the Caribbean Sea or wherever the hell they're supposed to be, and shit hits the fan, and it's the most predictable, boring bullshit that looks bad you'll ever see. Don't watch Mary. Instead, doofa. doofa. Instead, if you want some aquatic horror. 
Go seek out Sea Fever, which also came out this year. Uh, this one came out like right in the throes of the uh, like quarantine, where everything was closed, and they had to totally pivot and put out. They they this was one of the first ones that did like one of those uh, crowdsourced. Uh, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, like debuts where they stream it and you can pay like five bucks and there's a the directors in the chat and like also a bunch of the actors and stuff like that. It seemed cool. I had it on my list at the time. This is the one that's like uh, very Irish, if you remember that or not. Um, but you can see this one for free now on Hulu if you have mm-hmm. Hulu. And mm-hmm. it's essentially, guys, this might ring your bell or not, but it's basically the thing on a boat. Yeah. Yeah, I came very close to watching. I could be interested. I came very close to watching this the other day, and then I saw how long it was. I don't remember it being particularly long. I think it was almost two hours. Oh, Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of this one. Actually, if you're Mm. a fan of sort of like shit living below the waters that you should not fuck with, and then you fuck with it, and then things go poorly, and then it's the thing. I mean, (laughs) this is your movie. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I enjoyed this quite a bit, uh, mm-hmm. and certainly in comparison, if I'm look in a vacuum, if I'm only allowed to talk about the movies Sea Fever and Mary, Sea Fever was immeasurably better. <laughs> it certainly, it certainly has its faults, and admittedly, I did watch this almost two and a half weeks ago. Now I think, um, so it's I'm I'm probably forgetting some of the individual details, but I'll tell you this: the thing I remember about it is that I liked it a lot, and you should go watch it. Nice. How did you watch it? It's on Hulu. Okay. Yep, said that already. Uh, Sweet. And then lastly, super duper quick. Actually, remind me if one of you has already talked about this or not, but I watched Never Hike in the Snow, which is on YouTube. I haven't talked about it. Nope. It's on my list, on my short list. It's happening this week. Okay, well, maybe we can just punt this one in the next week, but I did watch Never Hike in the Snow. It's out there for you to watch, listener. This is from the yeah. people who did Never Hike Alone, the fan film fan from film, Womp yeah. Stomp Films. Um Relating to Friday the 13th, and like you, they kind of go like a little bit of a found footage direction with it. I definitely have some things to say on this one, but if it's on your, if you guys are gonna watch this in the next week, then fuck it. I'll just we'll wait for a minute. Sure, I'll I'll throw it on my list. Yeah, cool. It's half an hour long. I mean, whatever. Watch it instead of an episode of The Office next time. Pretty big investment. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to lump that on you. That's all I got. Uh, All right, boys. Well, let's uh, let's go to the feature presentation. Can you say that in a higher tone, please? Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2016's The Conjuring 2. I picked this movie. Pretty simple reason. It's middle-of-the-road horror, but I think it's underrated. It's pretty fucking great, and it happened to work out well that it's going to be released around Halloween. Jack, this is going to come out in ratings, I'm sure, so maybe no no reason to pontificate on it now, but is it underrated or is it middle of the road? Both. Huh, okay. I can't wait to pick your brain on this one. I think people shit on this movie a lot, and I see a lot about how it's like worlds worse than The Conjuring. And I it think is. it's a very, like, it's a pretty good movie. And I think it's got, it's uh, it's it's not without fault, but it's... Uh, it's it doesn't deserve all the shit it gets. But it has a montage with the clash in it, so you know. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They laid it on quick. Uh, either way, look, we've all seen this movie before. I yeah. think it's fair to say. Yes, sir. Sure have. This was, I think, my second viewing, maybe third. This is know. definitely my second. I watched it once and then did not go back until just now. I think that's what I did too. Yeah, I mean, there's so many movies in this 
conjuring verse that it's hard to go back honestly well right and if i'm gonna go back and watch one why would i do conjuring two over conjuring or Mm -hmm. over one of the new ones that came out or maybe like sinister that's not going back sort of like blumhouse adjacent (laughs) well mark you gotta get ready for the release of the crooked man well and actually understand sort of sort of topical they did actually just release it they did just release the trailer for Devil Made Me Do It, or like the first look trailer. It was weird. It wasn't, I don't know. I, I, what I saw was like a, I don't know, interview mashup. I didn't see a trailer. Hmm. I didn't <laughs> I actually watch it because I got the push notification at work and they frown on oh. me watching horror movies while I'm working. It's strange. Really? Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. I Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm Hor- not in that realm, okay? Horror I can't movies tell you teach you safety. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, all I know is I was in the middle of training 15 people, and I started watching YouTube video, and everybody got mad. Okay, either way, <laughs> I picked this movie. I'm going to have to give us a 30-second plot synopsis. Oh, thanks for moving us along, Jack. Uh, yeah, I'd hope one of you guys has a 30-second timer. I mean, no, but I out. will. It takes like I, four I seconds. I have it up. It will start when you start. Yeah. A family in Enfield starts getting haunted in their council house, so the church calls in Ed and Lorraine Warren to go investigate. Initially, Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of think they're faking it, but then they turn out, turns out, no, a demon was tricking them. So they get back to the house and they fight this demon for a fair little bit who trapped a ghost to make it think it wasn't a demon there. And then eventually they learn the demon's name from a dream she had kind of before the movie started, and then they beat the demon learning using his name, and then they end in happy times in the council house. You really had to stretch that to get it to 30 <laughs> seconds. like, shit, I got you? through it. It's 15 there seconds. There isn't, like, a lot of plot in this movie. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Ed, Ed Lorraine Warren go to the second songs. house. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> yeah. You remember that ghost-fighting duo from the first movie? Well, they're back, and they're doing the same thing. They're doing another allegedly real haunting. And Lorraine doesn't want to be, and they're in England, and yeah, I don't you know. You completely uh, th- blew by the whole Amityville subplot, Jack. Uh, totally. Oh, the like the the cold <laughs> open where they're at the Amityville house. Yes. Oh, okay, good. Put yeah, a pin in that it. one. It will come up later. <laughs> wow, Mark, you have a surprising amount to say about this. I think someone's got it. Uh, boys, let's talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except ghost, because I'm taking that one. Uh, does this count as foreign? <laughs> no. Can I call fuck you. <laughs> It, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Despite the use of the Clash's London Calling, I feel like yeah, I feel like we need a corollary that if London Calling is used, it is it is it is, it is funny acceptable it, to include it as foreign. It's a movie where I went out of my way to get a foreign beer, but this is objectively not a foreign movie, Mark. Okay, I'm sorry. Damn it, I'm sorry to have offended your delicate <laughs> tendencies. My tendencies uh, are delicate. Thank you. It's for also noticing. a haunted house movie. I'll do one and two. Fine. Yeah. Do you want to just keep going? Let's just let you do it this week. So you're, go- uh, you're going. Ghost it's a religious haunted. horror movie. Keep going. Okay. So it's a. It's, keep going, Jack. Keep going. Uh, supernatural. Keep going. <laughs> uh, houses. Uh huh. Yeah. Keep going. That's about it. <laughs> keep going. You can do uh, it. Demons. I don't know what else is. I there. think you said demon already. Yeah. So no, we I have said religious. We have a supernatural. Ghost, haunted house, houses, religious yep. demon. Yep, movie. yep, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nailed so, it. it. That was uh, seven yeah. different subcategories to describe exactly one subcategory. The haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed it as well. Oh, good. All right, all right. Let's talk about what this movie does right, and I think it's a lot of things. Okay, do tell. 
number one, fucking Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are so charming. I could watch them do anything all day for anything. It's great. They're great. One hundred OP. Whoever cast that, I mean, the funny thing is that's our that's arguably something that The Conjuring One does right, and The Conjuring Two just kind of continues it. doing it. It has to do yeah. it right. It literally, yeah, like could, it literally could fail. by, no, by they contract lost has it. to they continue lost to do the that. actors. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have done that. <laughs> All of a sudden, Gary Oldman is in place of Patrick Wilson. You watch anything with Gary movie. Oldman in it, and he's like, "Hey, Vera, we should dwarf. buy a boat." <laughs> sailed to Barbados or wherever the hell they were going yeah. in that movie. Fuck, it was so bad. Well, but my God, they're both of them are magnetic in like every scene. Mm-hmm. It, it for me, it's most prominent when Patrick Wilson's doing the like, oh well, we're gonna have music tonight, and then he plays the Elvis. I song. mean that. I that's... I wanted to bring that up because I think that is one of the scenes that does probably inspire a lot of the shit that this movie gets. Because why the fuck is there an sentimental Elvis song break in the middle sung by the inimitable Patrick Wilson Why like, out of fucking nowhere yeah why I, I think it works really well and serves the movie to a great degree it breaks up the haunting you get at the beginning and the chaos you get another thing the movie does right is the cinematography right when it's introducing the house yeah. it's one continuous shot following all the girls around and it's just like absolutely nuts but what's going I, on I don't like what you're doing because that is something I had right yeah, and you're getting off you're, topic you're kind of shotgunning but, but yeah. it breaks <laughs> so it breaks up that haunting and then the whole stupid religious drama it didn't need to do with the 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 Ed and Lorraine Warren going there. But then there's this nice scene of like, they're super charming. This is great. It's a happy well, house now. Things are good until the actual haunting. Look, starts. this is this is a big budget theatrical horror release. Like I think that this makes a lot of sense. You you need this is a pretty tense movie. There's a lot going on at the start, and it just ratchets up at the end. I think that they put this in there with an acknowledgement of like a lot of people that are sitting in this theater that go to a lot of movies and aren't necessarily like hardcore horror fans are going to want a reprieve they want to like take a moment to breathe i thought it worked decently well in that regard just to allow that to like let you relax get off of like the butthole clinch that you had built up and get ready for the next shot and also the the characters in the movie need to trust Patrick Wilson's character and you as the viewer also need to trust that character and this kind of builds that trust at least a little yeah. bit. I yeah, I thought it was a, I don't know, it was a good scene. Yeah. So But I yeah. was going to agree with you Patrick Wilson in particular. I want to stay on them for a second, Mark. I, I literally Patrick haven't Wilson. even said anything in like 3 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel, buddy? It's fun. Patrick Wilson in particular uh had me in this movie. I could not take my eyes off the screen when he was there. I'll have a couple things to say. I, I, Vera Farmiga did a great job too. There are a couple things that I wouldn't necessarily say are acting as much as potentially like how she was written um, that happened later in the movie that I want to put later, but you know, it was by and large. What is your name? Oh my fuck. Okay. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. There yet. Okay, Mark, please speak. You haven't talked in a while, buddy. What's up? I feel like I, so I set that up saying, I feel like that's the scene that it gets shit on a lot. And I really fucking love that they included it. Okay, it's a great okay. scene. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I see you, it's you such saucy a, minx. Yeah, I know. I kind of worked out that you guys just ended up arguing against a, like, a, a fictional version of myself. A but, straw man. Um, it's super cheesy, but in a way it works as a way of allowing you, like you said, to unclench your butthole. Right? Like, it's, a, it's a great decompression moment. Yeah. And in a movie that is like specifically marketed to be a wider release than just horror fans, right? This is a, this is a big blockbuster movie. 
they it's horror obviously but they know that they're targeting people who don't yeah. just like go into deep horror yeah. all the time they're pulling the normies yeah and, and in a in a in a moment where you need to give people like a minute to breathe i actually like really appreciated that scene i thought mm-hmm. it it's cheesy which is what some something this movie does a lot of but mm-hmm. i actually quite enjoyed it and also yep. it made me have that uh spiritualized song it's stuck in my head for like a week and a half. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we are floating in space. There we yeah. go. That's what it is. There you go. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had the exact same take. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I hated it the first time around, though, for the record. Yeah. I, I also think all of the kids do a surprisingly good job with the acting, too, especially sure. the, the like lead girl. Like her arc of like getting shit on at school by the other kids and then getting in trouble for something she didn't really do is like identifiable and great. And I think she does a good job with it. What's funny about that is she's not the one who gets shit on in school. It's her little brother who has the stutter who gets shit on in school, who has the crooked man zoetrope thing. Yeah. Her Uh, losing her friends and stuff is more off screen. Like it's articulated through her dialogue to Vera's character, et cetera, Lorraine. And yeah, I mean, it's, known that it happens she definitely is not a popular person in town but you know who would be if that's happening i don't know it'd be fun to see like a a, like a modern day enfield happening uh (laughs) occur and see like the and then have like a social psychologist just go along and plot like the relative popularity of the individual children like oh fourth graders actually really love it when their friends houses are haunted but eighth graders they think it's lame uncool (laughs) that shit wouldn't even make the news today dude I think it. it That'd dude, be like if one of the a most documented haunting. I'm pretty sure would make the news. That'd be like one of the. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe on the side though. Now, now, Jack, to, to circle back on the the thing where it felt like you were panicking and just trying to shotgun at other things that the movie does right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the you are correct. The cinematography is also fucking really cool in this movie yeah. with the follow cam that like flies through the house specifically mm-hmm. as far as how that sets up the sense of like place that you have. I don't know if they shot in a real house or if this was a soundstage and they actually like flew a camera around or how the hell they made it. It feels like a house though. It does. It really feels like a house. Mm -hmm. And that initial establishing shot, it's actually, I think they do it like two or three times where they fly like up and through like, what do you, what's the thing called above the, above a door that you can pass through. It's going to come to me in a little bit, but like they fly up through that thing, the little window there and like go around and you show how like the, the master bedroom is associated. The girl's bedroom is associated with the boy's bedroom. And like, then there's the stairs right there and there's that creepy recliner, all that other stuff. Like having that as an establishing shot that's sewn together in one like seamless piece of cinematography is really cool. It it, like Mm -hmm. really helps create the, the understanding of what this house is. Yeah, and serves the visual storytelling really well as well, right? Like, at the first time, it does it when it's just all the kids and there's no haunting whatsoever. It just, you get a vibe for just how chaotic the house is and just, like, what's going on there and just, like, how everybody's trying. But holy shit, that's a lot going on in that house. And then later, it's more frenetic and even, like, just insane. Like, it it does a really good job with visual storytelling. Transom. Transom. Yeah, I like what you're saying about visual storytelling because that's the best way to, like, lump together several of the things that I thought it did well. Like, I don't know who did the cinematography here, but this is one that James Wan still did. He hung out and directed this. Despite, yeah, he, he knows like, what he's doing. Didn't he turn down, like, one of the Fast and Furious movies to do this? Just cause Supposedly, he yeah, he turned to. down eight, I think. Yeah, I mean, whatever. You've anyway. directed one Fast and Furious movie. I don't think you need much money anymore. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, I don't know, man. Whatever. A- anyway, wholeheartedly agree. I think another a- another aspect of that is 
a lot of the tension that this builds is it fits with a big theatrical release like this in terms of how it's going to develop a scare. But the way it uses both the camera and the way it cuts to really make you feel claustrophobic, small, consistently off balance, it you're trying to look, it, it does the thing where you're trying to like lean to like look around the corner at something to see if you can see it because of how it sets everything up, which is really good filmmaking. Yeah. No, it, that makes that, sense. That's, so, that's engagement. Right I there. feel that's, like that's, that's a James that's, Wan thing. I feel like he sure. does that particularly yeah. well. It's a, It could be a hallmark, but this one did it tremendously well. Yeah, it does. And it's worth noting here that the, the cinematographer in this movie is uh, Don Burgess, who is a very big-named cinematographer. He works with Robert Zemeckis a lot, like yeah. he did Forrest Gump. He did the cinematography for <laughs> Castaway, the cinematographer for Spider-Man. Jesus like he's done Christ, a seriously? Of stuff. What a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a career. He's on, he's on Forrest Gump and Castaway and also just does The Conjuring 2 in a damn Well, year. and like Spider-Man, the, the first of those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. The like Eli it, Roth Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was his foray into horror. <laughs> yeah. Mark, I, I hope you're doing a bit, right? You're not misremembering that it wasn't Eli Roth two different times, right? Wasn't it? It's Sam Raimi. Uh, and this, you Sam Raimi. Definitely on the podcast. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Damn God it. Damn I thought it. you were calling back to the first time you fucked I up. was. I was totally oh. doing that. Thank you for remembering my joke. <laughs> it was definitely a bit. Those two people are the same person in my head for Eli Roth directing a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'd watch yeah. it. I mean, you would have said the same thing about Sam. No Rainey shit, you'd watch it. it. What the fuck would that be like? <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Tarantino directing a Harry Potter movie. I want that. Oh, still. dude, that would be badass. Yeah, Holy so shit! Oh man, I was trying in my head to come up with like a what do they call some spell in Spanish and it's just that but I couldn't I couldn't don't get do to that don't, don't go there don't don't yeah, do I it couldn't, couldn't get to it take I a moment come back at it we'll come back at us <laughs> with it later okay another thing this movie does right I think I, I really like how the movie establishes this this world the, the limitations of like the police come and the police believe them it's not just the police are dismissive but it's just like those two officers are like I, I mean because you got ghosts. What the fuck are the police? But we're the police. Yeah, this is not our department, lady. <laughs> they're constables. I, I think that's great. They're constables. <laughs> it like yeah, and it like removes a lot of that. Like it, it makes you as the viewer feel like there's nothing else you would do differently, right? It like removes one of those layers. I like that a lot. Right, you can be at least like at least I'd call the fucking cops, and then they do, and the cops are like, oh, a chair moved. What do you want? <laughs> and <laughs> which goes along with something else the movie does right. It it. It evokes poltergeist in a lot of ways and in a lot of ways that I really like. Like, that's one of the ways that, like, when the haunting is there, they're just kind of resigned to it, right? Uh, so you have, like, I, I'm thinking about, like, when the chair moves in poltergeist and then eventually they just have people sliding across the floor. And they're like, hey, this is kind of a cool thing. It's, like, reminiscent of that. And then also when they just have the room where shit's flying around in poltergeist and they're just like resigned to opening this door and showing them. It's kind of like this where they just have this locked up door where hauntings go on. I kind of like all that. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't open this padlock because everything behind here is demons. <laughs> it's all, we do not recommend demons, visiting this bottom. room. It's just turtles up and down. <laughs> Um, I got a few more that I want to talk about, which yeah. is that this movie is, and this is sort of, I, both of these are sort of things that I'm couching within a complaint about the movie, but that I actually think the movie does right, so bear with me. The movie is two hours and 14 minutes long. 
Yeah. Objectively too long for any movie. But I also feel like this feels shorter than that. And they spend it, and they spend a good amount of time like m- moving around. You're never lingering in one place for, for too long. It feels quicker, yeah. It does. It probably feels still like an hour 50. It feels like you walk out of the thing and you're like, that was a pretty long movie. But it doesn't feel like the overly long experience of watching something that's slow and two hours and 15 minutes long. Yeah. The half hour I watched of Neon Demon felt longer than this movie. (laughs) I I don't doubt that for (laughs) even one second. Uh, But to that that end, like every single scene, almost, through the first two-thirds of the movie has a scary purpose. It's building to a scare. It's yeah. building to a vignette that is a self-contained like scene that has a resolution and then you're done and you're starting the next ride. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. basically 3 scenes in the first, I don't know, 90 minutes of this movie that don't have the purpose of being scary and that's the introduction to the children at school, the uh the Warrens doing their thing on that talk show where they get attacked by that random asshole PhD guy who's yeah. correct. The, the, the who guy is, is objectively, objectively right. correct, uh, <laughs> and then and then the introduction of the children to the Warrens. Like it's all just introducing each other to each other. They're scenes that you absolutely have to have. All of the other scenes end with a jump scare or a spooky happening of some type, and that's exactly how you should construct a horror movie if it is going to be two hours and fifteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's paced. It's paced very well. <clears throat> now the other one that I had was that this movie is straight up, like you said like you said at the beginning, Jack, kind of run-of-the-mill blockbuster horror. It does not have to do anything crazy. That said, I actually think it tries kind of a lot of things um, that, like you're saying, kind of make it underrated. There is, It's very easy to cast this aside and, and be like, yeah, I mean, it's just blockbuster bullshit, normal Blumhouse jump scare type things, but going back and like juxtaposing this with the things that came later, which probably isn't a fair critique to make, but putting this next to the nun or putting this next to lie your owner or something oh like God. that, the the scares in this one are actually like relatively well earned um, and creative. I, beyond that, like you have the 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 scene between Vera Farmiga and the nun in yeah. the den, whatever you want to call that, yeah. where the darkness cat is cast along the painting and like the eyes change when the lighting changes. That's a, like that's an inspired scene. That's a, I haven't really seen anything approaching that anywhere else. Right. Yeah. It's like a lot of the criticism. still a one movie, man. Like this, this all checks out. Sure. I agree with you. A lot of the criticisms you can levy at blockbuster horror is that the things that that does is you've seen before it's polished and a little bit better, but like this Mm -hmm. is one that came from this movie and I'm sure it has something that, I mean, whatever, uh, Some one of our fans can probably hit us with something that it, it is referencing. But in my, as far as I'm concerned, I this was well, the first time I've seen it and the, and the sure. only time since that I've seen something similar to that scene where you're turning a light, you're competing with a ghost to turn a light on. And every time a painting is in shadow, its eyes are different and like looking directly at you. And then yeah, it's, it's cool. innocuous Very once you turn cool. the lights on. Yeah. Yeah. It is right. one of several set pieces that, like you were saying, Mark, this is a set piece movie. It's yeah, it is. It, it really is. And the other one to highlight there is the basement scene, yep. which there are basement scenes all over the place. And you yep. could probably also draw a direct line to the the scene from it, where it is in the Pennywise is in the is in the basement, and then we all float mm-hmm. down here and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. this is a pretty creepy basement scene, man. I like it. Well, also this predated the 
cinematic it the not tim curry it oh yeah yeah yeah, definitely it yeah. came out in 2019 this came out in 2016 i so. will also say though like conjuring versus conjuring two basement which one would i rather go into conjuring two 100 yeah not conjuring one yeah. basement fuck that that's that's the most terrifying basement yeah yes yeah <laughs> there's also something to be said about the scene where they and this is goes back to the cinematography but the uh air quotes interview between uh bill and or i'm sorry ed and um and bill the creepy the, yeah the, the girl whatever and then she gets i think you're gonna reference bill. the scene i want to talk about so this is good yep so they focus on on ed no one is allowed to turn their heads and look back she has the water in her mouth it's a, it's a real kel mitchell as the invisible boy scenario totally and in the background you have an out of focus ghost shape-shifting and it's so cool and providing answers and that's that that's another one where it's like oh this is actually an incredible way was of so telling cool. the story of how this interview supposedly yep. happened and yep. if it was and a it ghost was like what this could have been perceived as it was yeah, it's that, so good that one had more of like a building creep whereas the nun like hit you with like the long shot down the hall that was creepy and then kind of ratcheted up and i, I don't know it was like slow once you got into the office but still like more outwardly scary yeah, and then they threw in the where, CG shadows that didn't work super well. But yeah, whereas aside. this one was just, like, slow, tingle, creepy, and I loved it. I That yeah. was what I was going to bring up next, so I'm happy you mentioned it. It uses it uses the bokeh very effectively. Definitely. To drop a nice vocabulary word for you. We need to watch <laughs> that movie. I do need to watch that movie. That's from Iceland, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, nailed it. Hell yeah. Well, dudes. it was filmed there. I mean, it's starring, like, what's-her-name from... It follows, but yeah. do we have anything else that this movie does right? I like the crooked man. I want to talk about the crooked. I man. like turtles. I like the crooked man. Okay. okay, I had him in does middle, so this is a good transition. Yeah, it is. Okay, talk about why you like him. I, 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 the movie lays the groundwork pretty well of the demon just wanting to fuck with people. So there's an excuse for why there's just like random scares and haunted things that exist in this house. So you're not too worried about that. And then two, I like this toy that it disappears from that was like the first time i saw this i was like oh shit it's gone it's a zoetrope. And then I, zoetrope thank you and then javier botet just doing his fucking looking like a creepy guy <laughs> Javi, thing. you know Javier doing botet. A great jo- dude that guy you'd is never awesome. know it but you always no. know it you always know it <laughs> and it is a fucking scary thing and i i like the way it does like it coming down the hall that's a little bit CG, but it cuts away quickly from to the stop-motion shadow-looking thing to then when the characters come around the corner, it's just the girl. That's a cool sequence. That's a cool, like, tr- three-part shot that worked really well for me. Okay. I 100% agree. I like, I like it as, like I said, a self-contained vignette. The problem that I have with it is all of the other scary things parts of this movie fit together in a relatively well-organized puzzle and this is a backdoor pilot for a completely different man. movie I, this is exactly my problem so mark yeah. and i get we're on the same wavelength tonight right. i that it's out of place man there's too much it adds too much you can't have a nun and a ghost and a crooked man like it's too much uh, and we they can cr- go to they, Does Middle. Then. They let's try. Go, let, let's do. Yeah, it. and well, I'm already there. That's that's exactly <laughs> what my note was for Does Middle, which is that I appreciate the Crooked Man for yeah. what it is. It is scary. It's a good scene. I love that they film it with that stop motion shit, and they juxtapose that with like just normal filming of the humans. So they're moving normally, and he's still all like herky jerky. But it's just like it's very clearly at this point 
Blumhouse knows exactly what they fucking have in this property, yep. and they're just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to make like three other movies based on this one movie? <laughs> Bastards. Yeah. yeah. Nothing you can really say about that. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Which goes along with something I does middle, which is like the 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 recreation of the Enfield haunting, right? Is is tough to sit through when like i'm a person who believes that like the warrens have victimized a lot of people throughout history by convincing them that they're haunted and then just lying to everybody about things they saw that's a thing i believe it's like rough to have them represented so charmingly but then also this movie does a good job of like showing that and then just being like why it's it's a problem a lot of horror movies have of like why is there a build-up right if there's aliens there why did they spend a week and a half long fucking with you in a building pace and th- this movie's just like because demons because demons want to scare you yeah it's the it's same like, oh, it's yeah, the same okay. criticism as as paranormal activity it's just like no that they, they get off on the fear thing they can't just go zero to 60 you'll die <laughs> yeah like a cat always plays with its prey man yeah yeah, that yeah. you got to have that. But I mean aliens to that point, they, they just want to kill you. They just want to steal your water. <laughs> they want to steal your water. That's how that went. Mm-hmm, they they were there for the water. It's our greatest natural resource. <laughs> One that I have for middle and this would initially I had this in nitpicks, but I brought it up because it's emblematic of the whole here. Like we've talked about this. This movie is a theatrical release that was meant for a lot of people. It does not have a deft bone or deft touch, a, a, a whatever bone in its it body. It wasn't made by deaf people? I lost the thread. <laughs> I lost the thread. Anyway, the London Calling sequence is like, the perfect. <laughs> I had that in hard does wrong. I know. You put it in hard does wrong. So I hard. Mean, it's, maybe it's it should t- be a transition. It's hard does wrong. The thing is for me, though, I can't because it's still like a montage set to London Calling. So I don't actively here's the problem friends on the nose the the tv show friends did the literal exact same transition with the exact same song in 2001 (laughs) it's unbelievable i feel like you could make a super cut of all of the movies and tv shows that have done london calling montages i would probably like and i would watch that youtube video seven or eight or nine and i'd probably like all those scenes it's a middle (laughs) It's it has it's not it's it it's not uh, it has no tact. It's just like I oh, let me sledgehammer you with this transition, and the movie does that in a lot of regards. But that is by far like the emblem carrier or whatever. <laughs> it so. is the most stereotypical way to do an intro to London scene ever. It's unbelievable. That might have been what and they were is, going I, for. A little bit of a soap, uh, like I don't know, man. Maybe I, I think it's literally a recreation of the same scene from Friends. From over a decade. <laughs> no, I'd maybe love to watch is. them side by side. Maybe maybe one was on a friend's kick. Hey, you know what? I'll commit to this now. A- any level of patrons, I'm going to video edit those two together, and you can watch that on the Patreon feed. You're really no copyright claims right now? behind the paywall, boys. <laughs> there you go. Okay, hey. all levels of patrons get that. Enjoy. Yeah, it's it's the next it's the next refolying. Uh, well, Jack, if you need, we have all of the DVDs of the Friends seasons. So if you Thanks, if you can't Mark. find it on YouTube, we got you. We buddy. need to watch it's it. On- we we need to draft an old movie so Jack can get pissed off enough to do another refolio. <laughs> I did this great job with that first four one. months, so we're good on the timeline for a while. <laughs> and I want to bet because of it, or. I think I just didn't lose a bet that would have dire consequences. That, I think that's accurate, but I think we were impressed. I think we were impressed enough that you're remembering it fondly, and frankly, I consider that a win. The the funny thing is, like, isn't 
Isn't Blumhouse? I mean, this is obviously a lot of money, and I assume. I guess I, I assume this is still Blumhouse. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I, aren't they? Yeah, I aren't they too. famous for like specifically not spending money on stuff? And then someone in the in the accounting department was like, "Yeah, we need to free up some some budgetary space to license London Calling instead of literally any other British song." I mean, ever. it couldn't have cost that much at this point in time. Couldn't it have? I don't think so. Couldn't I don't know. have like. I don't know. There's a lot of Billy Bragg songs you could have used. There's so many famous songs you could have used. It's unbelievable. I like London Calling, though. Yeah, why it's not use London Bridge? Song. You know, London Bridge is is <laughs> that's just public domain at this point. They they really should have used another song from that album. That would have really gotten them some street cred. <laughs> Done one Dude, level above it. Fucking pick a song from Sandinista. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they needed they needed to hit the people in the theater the right way so, though. Something from Warren Zevon that wasn't Werewolves of London. <laughs> I was thinking about that song earlier today. It's Do a great tell. song. It's a tumnal. And one time we yeah. we got a guy to, a guy puked on a bus we were on, and then he blamed <laughs> it on the fact that we were howling to Werewolves of London. <laughs> Fucking rube. Well, that's quite a story that we should probably tell. It's actually we that need to unpack don't... that at some point. That's also yeah. patron content. I would like to listen to that. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the best stories of all time. I have one more thing that I want to bring up in this category, which is the cold open in its entirety. Um. So it's such just such a <laughs> it's look, I'm glad that they're doing like a tip of the cap to the fact that the Warrens were also involved in Amityville. But it's just such a strange transition of the opening sequence of this movie mm-hmm. is a five to ten minute long sequence on the Amityville haunting, which in and of itself has, I don't know, fifteen different movies made about it at this point. One of them they time travel. That has got that whole series has gotten away from us. Well long ago. <laughs> All of that aside, they do an entire like haunted house sequence for this, and then they're just like, and also here's the credits for this movie. This is a different story from that. Do you think this cold opening to, like, had nothing to do with anything yeah, else aside from the fact that she saw the nun? Do you think they felt the need? I I can answer the question of do did they need to? The answer was no. But did they feel the need to like give folks who were going to be asses in seats who might not have seen the first one some sort of an introduction that would benefit them is in terms of helping understand who Ed and Lorraine Warren were no because I feel like this the 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 point of like the end credits scene still works the same of you showing the real people and just being like Ed and Lorraine were actual real people look at that see yeah and and, I mean this this movie is in no way characterizing who they were who were like shysters (laughs) the thing is I I, (laughs) nor are they relying in any way on the shit that actually happened at these hauntings, aside from Which like, was nothing. wardrobe choices. <laughs> See, I, the fun part about how they asked that is I completely disagree with you guys because it's obvious that they did feel the need to. <laughs> okay, yeah, they did, <laughs> they did feel the need to. Should they have? No. Uh, no. You Should guys skipped they've... over the... You guys skipped over the hammer-headedness of the music a little too quickly there. Really? Though. Did we? Yeah. I feel like we pontificated on it at length. For a- it's because it's not just London Calling, though, boys. I understand that, Jack. I said it was, like, emblematic of insert every other part of the movie that was well, also okay, on the nose. Because at the false turn of the movie, when everybody thinks they were faking it and the Warrens are going to leave, Back in it. they play the Bee Gees I started a joke that started the whole world crying yeah, while a true. sad girl looks out a window and the camera zooms out. <laughs> it's the most on the nose. I mean, does wrong. Fuck it. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, there's not much else to say up there. It's so on the nose. It's outrageous. We all float down here, Jack. <laughs> all right, so we're just in does wrong now, boys. Seems Let's talk way. about what, what, what does the movie do wrong? 
I want to start with the chief thing that this movie does wrong, which is also what The Conjuring 1 does wrong, which is also what most of these big movies do wrong, which is that it has a conclusion. The the way this movie works (laughs) is when it is just floating between spooky vignettes that end in jump scares, right? That's what this does in spades. They're great. Those are the moments you remember from all of these movies. And then at some point, unfortunately, the movie does have to end they have to introduce the demon, and you get these in, these incredible sequences of Vera Farmiga being like, what is your name? As she screams into the thunderstorm with lightning in the background and just rain pouring down. Very, and very ah! stupid. And Patrick Wilson fighting through a flooded basement because he was the only one who could fit through the doorway Mark. or whatever fucking bullshit. While they're doing blurred vision, while they're doing like steam vision. That's yeah, what happens when you burn your eyeballs, right? It's a little blurred. There's Vaseline on the camera oh when you burn God. your eyeballs. It is so fucking stupid. The so ending of hold this on. Movie. The, the wrong is the climax is that we're saying. Yes, the wrong I is literally agree. everything yes. that happens after they figure out the twist. Yep. Yep. And yes. then and, and and then it leads to a million questions that are all unanswerable and are all very stupid. So let like, me just yeah, I agree with you. The climax. I want to hear is, these unanswerable questions. Actually, Jack, you were about to start listing some questions, and I wanted to hear them. Oh. I, I won't forget them, Mark. <laughs> okay, I feel like good. they're getting into nitpicks, so I tried to okay. cut them off. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I had to cut them off. I had to head them off at the pass. Um, <laughs> there, I had multiple big, big issues at the climax. First and foremost was this is where it got like way, way over the top, and then the acting kind of fell apart. It got so of, cheesy. It so, got so cheesy. I mean, there were cheesy moments, but this was full bore cheese the cheesy whole way Cheesy in a bad through. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too much. And it mostly was, unfortunately, with Lorraine's character, just with everything... I have dominion over you if I know your name, and I do know your also, name. Also, just, just to pause on that real quick, what a stupid fucking way to have dominion over yep. an immortal yeah. embodiment. It's like, oh, you're, I can well, say your fucking name? Like, really? Oh, yeah, your name's Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, I gotta leave now. Especially because the ant- how she learned its name was it told her by having her d- possessing her and having her scribble its name in a book. Yeah. What the fuck? The effective, yep. like, de-dramatized version of this is she was like, hey, what's your name? And it was like, Valak, and she was like, "Ah, now I have dominion over you." And it was like, "Oh, dang, yeah, cool." It's, if it's cool with you, I'm gonna forget that for like I don't know, 110 minutes. All right, believable. <laughs> so, okay, preposterously bad in that regard. And then also, let's just consider that the climax of this movie is kind of like this big Rube Goldbergian death trap, where you see the final stage, like the the lightning crashes, and you see the tree stump that will impale Ed's character that she has been having dreams about and instead of just eliminating that piece by throwing a I don't know throw the fucking couch over the top of it or some shit they chase the trap the whole fucking way it's like are you an (laughs) idiot every single one of you well, also, this is one of the unanswerable questions. What's the scope of her powers? She's seeing this premonition. She sees Patrick Wilson fully impaled. Yeah. And then when he doesn't get fully impaled, I'm like, okay, so you just got scared about he him only, dying. So he doesn't get fully impaled because they they stopped the trap, but they could have stopped. The, I'm, I'm just saying work smart, not hard. And they worked hard. It's a real Terminator <laughs> 2 type of situation. You know, there's no fate but what we make, right? You can see the future, but you can change it. I think I'm pretty sure it was the point of that. Unbelievable. The, the climax of this movie was uh, 
a shame. <laughs> that is so that stupid. is actually a great like subtle indictment of the Warrens' legitimacy as yeah. uh, super super uh, whatever paranormal investigators, <laughs> superheroes. Yep, <laughs> I t- super kind of super normal investigators. You guys, uh, I have other breaking news. The tall boy chasing ghosts is a 10%. Uh, I kind of forgot about that. And now nice. the double jack that I'm working on is a 9 Oh, yeah, he's got big beers so today. Oopsie okay. doopsie. We're getting into um, big beer season, Mark. It's fine. Anyways, I kept wanting to say super normal. But I do think it is pretty funny that, like, essentially they are saying that, yes, uh, Lorraine Warren did successfully predict something that did not happen. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Her future sight is so good, she sees things that don't occur. She, wouldn't she you know? was laser-focused on something that wouldn't end up happening, but when she was absolutely fully possessed and ruined her Bible, that she didn't give a second thought to. This is a nitpick of mine that I'm interjecting here because we're close to it anyway. Oh, Why no, the blow fuck the whistle. did she bring no. the Bible? Blow the whistle. We're not, not only... <laughs> okay, fine. We're fuck there. It. Because this movie is this movie. What this movie does wrong is a billion nitpicks. <laughs> yeah. Not, not only why did she bring the Bible, if this de- the demon shouldn't tell her its name to begin with. <laughs> she but compelled it, does, it. It was compelled when it possessed her three months earlier. Yeah. When she like, was in it's America, like, it's like when you orgasm and you scream your own name. You know, three months before totally you normal. orgasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're an immortal being, time is sort of wibbly wobbly. So now I used to think it was cool when I first saw this, and then you read about how the V A L A K are spelled out on their bookshelf in like the 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 book holder like letters on their bookshelf when in during that scene, Valak oh, really? is spelled out. Which yeah. scene? Which like seems uh, when she is like actually getting possessed for the first time in, with her daughter in that room. Cool. And they actually. She's... So I had a neat pick too. I, I have to interject this here. I have a neat okay, pick. Okay, mine isn't be- a neat pick. Okay, we've well, got we've got nitpicks interjected into neat picks interjected yeah. into Well, nitpicks. there was this another scene when when uh Ed first paints the nun and then they like go and walk into the kitchen, they have like the letter block things just on the wall in the background that are I, well hold on. I gotta interject something here. <laughs> nitpick. Who the fuck just punt paints creepy nuns? That's definitely know, right? not something that I mean. Ed, people Ed, who Ed have Warren a room did. full of creepy shit might paint creepy nuns. Mark those people. She's like, then, I, I was feeling stressed, so I woke up. I painted this creepy yeah. fucking nun. Well, what do you okay. Think? He really said I had a one. nightmare about this, and I needed to get out of yeah. my head. Anyway, and then block. I tell my wife, "Then you did a bad job because now it's in my head. Now <laughs> yeah. you brought this demon into our house, idiot." Letter blocks on the wall behind them when they're in the kitchen to talk about <laughs> it and how she's marriage. not thrilled. And then they have like one of those little like love heart things that's hanging on the wall. But it was A L A K, and then the V in the love heart is way bigger, so you can see Volok. So they do that several times throughout the movie. Yeah, but that okay. Why? They they there aren't they don't have a billion letters, and the V A L A K happen to align, especially on their bookcase where they only have five letters. It's just Easter eggs. Because they were having fun with it. That's what demons get off on, Jack. They got to hide their name around the God, place so that if you find it, you have course. dominion over yeah, them or something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Dude, cats so play bored, with their prey. I think. You ever get bored? Demons cats, do. Cats tell the mice that they kill their names, and then if the mice uh, are able to vocalize their name, then the cats legally aren't allowed to kill them. <laughs> I think. Wow. It has to name their the- firstborn after it and spin thread into gold or something. Yeah. Yep, that's how it works. All this makes sense. <laughs> hey, that little kid did not need the stool to reach the sink to wash his hands. He only stood on the stool so they could zoom out on the kitchen from far away to see the cool shot. 
He was absolutely tall enough to wash his hands. I do not recall the scene that you are. Yeah, I don't recall sir. it either, but he's <laughs> he's cool. I don't know. It's a cool. I don't shot, know. Maybe get used to using a stool. I used a stool for a long time, and I probably didn't need it. It's like a it's like a security blanket. Okay, and fine. then all of a sudden the, you're like a grown forty three year old man, and you're still sitting on a stool, and people are looking at you weird. The levels of how deep sleepers this entire family are vary wildly throughout the <laughs> film. Yeah, it's insane. Oh, because sometimes you've been they wake up at the again. drop of a pin, and sometimes a fire truck toy is going off. So loudly for eight straight minutes and nobody wakes the fuck up. Jack, mm-hmm. I have two rebuttals to this. One, oh god, horror movie ah, has good. any any given horror movie has. Mark, the you could most use that rebuttal to any nitpick we ever make ever. Valid point. Uh, but any given <laughs> horror movie has the most widely variable range of how deep sleepers people are and two or B. I can't remember how I started B. this rant. I th- I think it's B. Okay, uh, Beth, Mark, you started with the Hebrew alphabet, so you're on <laughs> Beth. Beta, uh, ghosts can sometimes force people to sleep deeper than they actually do, which is, I think, at this yeah, point, an established canon canonical fact. Because they the want to fuck with universe. people, but yeah. this isn't a ghost, it's a demon. Oh, totally different. I'm sorry, demons also have this power. Uh, this is a very poor family in the 80s in a council house. They probably can't afford a TV that has a remote. Well, that but was here's like the, the thing. height of technology. Here's the thing, dovetailing nicely into one of my nitpicks. Apparently, yeah. they also just inherited all the fucking furniture with this house because who keeps the goddamn recliner that the last guy died in? The ripped up leather chair <laughs> <laughs> that is surrounded by smoke stains. That part of the house is literally just rotting. The like the wallpaper is peeling off. There's clearly mold issues. That side of the house is just sinking into the earth, and they're cool with it because of obviously they don't have the money to repair it, which is I mean fine. But you gotta throw out that you gotta throw out the smoke the smoke lounger, man. The thing that the guy actually died in, don't keep that. That's gross. <laughs> it Which, is gross. by the way, canonic like not canonically, literally in real life, that's what the mom died in too. Two people have died in that chair now. Which like makes sense in real life that a very poor family in a council house in Enfield accepted the ripped apart leather chair. That makes sense. Yes, but it's still icky. <laughs> I think I'm just say okay. So I think what we've landed. I think my on, nitpick is poverty. I guess if I were to put, I a hate on poverty. It. I hate poverty as well, Mark. I I agree. The TV thing, the TV and the chair do not compute. Those two don't exist in nature together. At that point in time, yeah, ab- absolutely. Unless you yeah. inherit both of them, which that, it kind of makes they, sense they, later on, which is he's still has. The effect of being able to watch his own TV because he's still there, Bill. They is. they put that TV in there for some like nostalgic eighty shots of like look how crazy big this remote with two buttons on it is and crazy that it. But like that was like a thousand dollar device at the time. Yeah, that anything your... that had a remote on it. Yep, it's insane. Especially um, when you only had to change between like three channels. I fully agree with you guys that the scene where Bill talks through the little girl is really cool, and the fact they have the ghost in the background, that's really cool. I hate the way they set that all up with the water in the mouth and that the movie uses that as any kind of evidence for us, the viewer, because the ghost speaks without her moving her mouth like three different times before that happens, and it's like, okay. So, like, what the fuck? That's not evidence of, 
literally anything. Also, the fun far- the fun part about that, the fun part about that is that <laughs> <laughs> like that's literally a ventriloquism trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We think she's a ventriloquist, so we're going to make her do a ventriloquism trick to see if she's a ventriloquist and she did it and they were like, "Ah, it's real." And not only that, but they did it wrong, right? You're supposed to take the glass of water away from the ventriloquist so that they can't spit the water into the glass and then talk and suck up a little bit more water when you turn around. Like, they literally got the parlor trick wrong. They're not ventriloquism experts. No, they're experts on absolutely nothing. They're religious morons who scammed a lot of people. No, Jack. Who are you going to call? That does not exist in these movies. They're heroes in these movies. (laughs) Ventriloquist busters. I bet the real Ed Warren couldn't play a guitar as charmingly as Patrick Wilson. No. Well, I certainly couldn't do a lovely Elvis cover like this was. Man, my next note, by the way, the literal next note on my notes is, how could you not fall in love with Patrick Wilson? Seriously, so. that dude's got to be just, I mean, I'm, I I need to read up on his current marital status because if he's single, I'm in the running, you know? I'd yeah, like even to, I'd like though to throw he played a villain in, in the tall grass, even though he played an absolute psychopath <laughs> in the tall grass. <laughs> right? All I want is for him to sing Midnight Special to me and I probably know. this Elvis cover. Yeah. Uh, but although... They say nobody's touched that guitar since the dad left. It's been years. It probably needed a little bit of tuning, and he did precisely no tuning. He just picked it up and started singing Elvis. Dude, he can just feel it, man. He lets yeah. the music move. Yeah, exactly. Music he, move just, he just moves his fingers accordingly. Yeah. The, the, the one problem with this scene is, and this is purely a thing that is wrong with my brain, um, is that anytime there's a scene like this where it's a set piece of someone like starting to play music and there's like a moment of anticipation, my brain goes to what is the literal worst thing he could start playing right now? <laughs> Keep rolling, rolling, yeah, rolling, exactly. rolling. It's like or like Afternoon Delight, or like there's a there's a parallel universe where it's Fuel by Metallica. But I think I landed on it. I, what I want is for them to remake this as a deep fake and just have him sing Monster Mash. Monster Mash would be good, although here's what ran through my mind when you said that. Besides Roland, what I thought was just the the whiniest Tom DeLonge song, right? The whiniest Blink-182, <laughs> just like he starts playing really subtly. The angel How are from you? my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow in the background of the morgue. I need somebody and always. Six days darkness. That song actually is pretty good. Jeff. Oh man, Blink one They're all good. Slaps, but There's... Tom DeLonge is such a whiny dick. Like, can you imagine playing a, a acoustic cover of anything Tom DeLonge has ever sung? It'd they were so all good. they were all acoustic to begin with. They did an unplugged thing. I feel like at the time, did they not do an unplugged <laughs> thing? I, um, am I making this up? Uh, I feel like yeah. there are acoustic you think versions. Blink one eighty two did acoustic songs. Yeah, I think they might have. I'm pretty I think sure they did they a did special a, thing. I'm pretty sure they had acoustic songs, but I the vast majority imagine. of Blink one eighty two songs were not acoustic. <laughs> no, but then they did the the trendy artsy thing to do in 2001, which was play an unplugged VH1 session, and that's what led to them not sure being. But that's that's that what was killed the trendy thing in 2001. That's what killed pop punk. Yes, I think. yeah, dude, absolutely. There was a VH1 show called Unplugged where they would have. But they'd been on. doing that shit on MTV for the entirety of the 90s, dude. Is it MTV Unplugged. MTV Unplugged was like Nirvana. Uh, Nirvana Unplugged was on MTV, the most famous unplugged thing in yeah. history. Well, I feel like the most. Well, okay, fine. Fine, fine, Definitely fine. the well. I, <laughs> if we're grunge, gonna go most famous acoustic things in history, it's Eric grunge Clapton. on MTV Unplugged was like the '90s. 
Okay, thing. so whatever. It was an M- it was an MTV, and that was like early. They mid-90s. kept that going for a long fucking time. Okay, fair. But you have to. Okay, fine. Should we go to ratings? I'm still confused why she keeps the Bible that she literally fucking destroyed by writing in. She's like, yeah, I need to bring this with me to UK. And then she rifles through it, and there's just all these fucking torn pages. Like, what utility do you think you were getting out of this, aside from the thing that you scribbled in already, but apparently None. didn't look at until this None exact utility. moment? None. She, she also scribbled through, I mean, 10, 15 pages at a time when she ripped it open. <coughs> but when she's trying to figure out its name, she's like flipping one page at a time. Like, okay, V... Hey, and it's like, no, you ripped out hundreds yeah, of they pages. Were, they were getting shredded initially. <laughs> I missed my spot with my uh, my last nitpick that's on my list because we were talking about music. Go for In it. In the same universe where Ed, War- Ed Warren can pick up something that hasn't been used for a really long time and just make it happen, that dude also full-on palms a record like a heathen before he puts it down, <laughs> just getting his greasy ass sausage fingers no all up in the fucking record play doesn't work. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Yeah, he dude, he he was palm <laughs> all over it. What yeah, this thing actually like warped. I don't the know record how that player happened. was the record player was perfectly functional. He just ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> he can only make the music. He can't reproduce it. I don't know. Okay, I got two more quick ones, and then we can go to ratings. Uh, first off, I. Kind of don't understand how they just let their basement fill up with like three feet of water. If that you have is, a, if you have like on, a steady leak, I guess that's one thing. Put a bucket down or something like that. But they, she has the leak. It's not talked about at all. And then they go back in there later, and there's a fucking swimming pool in their basement. I don't it think is that an happens. Unreal amount of water. Yeah, literally though, that doesn't happen. I don't. Like, I, 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 I'm honestly not sure that's physically possible to have yeah. happened. And it definitely like the house would collapse in on itself because it would create its own sinkhole. <laughs> Second nitpick, why the fuck does this movie not have a subtitle? I want it to have a subtitle. Why not just have it why? be The Conjuring 2, The Enfield Poltergeist or something like that? The I Enfield wa- Haunting? Because I like, I like colons in movie titles, Jake. That's Really? So you're really going to like The Devil Made Me Do It, huh? Yes, and specifically, if you're going to do it for the third movie, do it for the... Be consistent. Either have it just be The Conjuring 3 or have two have a Fair. subtitle. You can't just insert Fair. a subtitle on the third one randomly out of nowhere. The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. yeah. It's going <laughs> it's, in the wrong direction. It doesn't make direction. any fucking sense. Conjuring 3 also has the director that did La Llorona, so... Uh-oh. Jesus. Well, I mean, gonna, the, so problem, suck. the problem with that movie wasn't the direction. It was the entire concept and execution The direction didn't help. <laughs> it didn't help, but it didn't actively detract... We should review La, La Llorona. We should do that sometime. We should we should review the one that came out on Shutter. Oh yeah, the actual like dictator the one. The good one. Apparently it's <laughs> decent. Yeah. Hmm. Well, ratings. <laughs> Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. We over at Agency Horror use a one through ten rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of a Buster Scruggs who would write how much of a misanthrope he is. But this one here, I don't consider to be even halfway earned. Misanthrope? I don't hate my fellow man, even when he's tiresome and surly and tries to cheat at poker. And for ten, think about Antoine Dodson would rate the importance of hiding your kids and your wife. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Story is the first category to rate these movies. This was my pick. I'm going to rate it for story. I'm going to give it a five. I'm struggling with this one on the one hand. I like it as a ghost story. I like its simplicity. I like the way they get rid of the authorities pretty quickly. I also like how 
the mom is skeptical of what's going on like pretty early on and then that is immediately dispatched with it's like okay you like the viewer like the mom want to be skeptical fuck you no real ghosts i like all that i'm afraid of no ghosts that said it's pretty messy and and lorraine warren suck That's in real to... life and so, i know just to put that... this on the record though you think this is below average yes i do okay. um because also this is just like demon i like i, I like the twist of like a ghost hiding a demon but when it actually plays out on screen it's like this demon just wanted to fuck with him for we just need an excuse to do a series of scary vignettes listener, which is what you, this movie's best at listener and you the, didn't you didn't see this but you didn't the, he he very aggressively shrug, shrugged after he said demon like demon shrug <laughs> and like we said, I mean, the first thing we talked about in Does Wrong is just the ending. It's just not written. Yes, yeah, just like eh, everything after they realize the twist is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a five. Mark. Well, I mean, I I kind of am happy, I guess, with where you landed because I went a little bit of the opposite direction. I gave it a six. I start by asking myself, is this movie the opposite direction? Well, but we're averaging out at average, which is kind of exactly what this movie should be, right? I start by asking myself, like, is this movie above average? If it is, then you're starting at a six. And from there, you have to kind of talk yourself up above any half point that you give it. And I'm really not willing to talk myself above, like, literally one step above average. It is a good movie. And in the whole combination of movies we've watched, I would, I am absolutely willing to say that this story is above average. Uh, but yeah, to your point, Jack, you're kind of hitting it on the head. It's it it's it's ragged, and there's like the crooked man probably doesn't really fit in here. There's no, prob- there's there's a bunch of extra edges that don't really need to be here. They make it overly complicated. But whatever, I think it's good on balance. It's inoffensible, inoffensive. <laughs> Not inoffensible. a word, but fine. Jake. Inoffensive. <laughs> it's undefenderable. Um. <laughs> I gave it a six and a half. I don't really disagree with anything you guys say, so I guess I went a little high here for absolutely no reason, but that's the way the math checked out for me when I watched it, so there you go. All right, it's going to take us into world building and immersion, and for me it's an eight on world building and immersion. Uh, Damn. This movie is immersive as all fuck. That's largely due to Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, who are both charming as all hell. Also, uh, we talked about it. Mark, you you mentioned it. I don't know whether or not this was a soundstage or an actual house, but it feels like an actual house. Kind of cool. Can That's fine. It though, to right? that, it's really fucking cool. Yeah, they do a good job with that. This is an eight. This is the, they build a good world and they immerse me in it. They do good on both axes. It's an eight, Mark. Yeah, I went with six again. Um, I don't particularly disagree with you, but just how ragged this movie is, how inoffensible the story is, <laughs> how inoffensive the story is, the jarring sequences where all of a sudden the Clash or the Bee Gees are playing, that yeah, type those of are rough. stuff. Yeah, it's those, pretty those rough. are why I penalize it. It's yeah. pretty rough. So you have a lot of cool stuff. The, the sense of place and like world building is really well realized. But outside of that, this movie does do a lot to... I don't want to say pull you out because that's like moving it in an actively negative direction. Everything this movie does is just moving it in an actively average direction. So I, this is going to be a theme. I'm going to tell you right now, spoilers for the rest of my ratings categories, but most of them are six. This movie is just a six almost all the way across the board. <laughs> Jake. Uh, I had this one in an eight. So I guess this is where Jack and I Damn! converge. I, Jake, I mentioned Jake, for earlier. the record, you have, you have this as more... 
immersive slash world building as The Conjuring 1. You gave that what movie a 7. I give the original? I gave it a 7. So you I gave think this a full defense, point higher. Yeah, I think my defense here would be that they kind of had that finely tuned, like, roller coaster, popcorn-y ride, whereas everything is a set piece, and set piece horror can work well. I think this is a good example of how set piece horror can work, And that actually. visual storytelling, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I While I think that The Conjuring, full stop, is a better movie... Um, I agree. I I think that there's a lot. No that this one, one disagrees. There's Clearly there's a lot no that one. this one does in spite of itself that makes it immersive. So I, I maybe it's an over indexing thing, but that's what this movie did right. Was it made its two hour and fifteen minute or whatever runtime not feel that long? It had a lot of really good sequences that were interesting and had me enraptured and ultimately paid off in a relatively good to it in a couple occasions like very good way yeah this is an immersive movie it did pull me out in those several montages that you already mentioned the climax was complete garbage so it fell off a cliff there but you know most of the runtime pretty damn solid i just like to throw this out there because this is a fun fact this movie conjuring 2 is a full 23 minutes longer than the conjuring 1 it's too long yeah it's doesn't feel like I, I think that in and of itself, like while it feels preposterous to me that I gave this a higher immersion score, that is a good way to define like why. If that makes sense. Hmm. It doesn't, but we're moving on either way. <laughs> That's going to take us into scare factor. That. It does make sense. Uh, I'm going to give this a six for scare factor. I think this is a pretty scary movie. It's got good jump scares. It does a pretty good job on the jump scare front. It builds some dread. I like the terror that you get when the Warrens leave because the kids did fake some shit. Like, even though that's explained away as like the demon made him fake it. Like I, I, all of those twists work pretty well. The movie builds dread pretty well. It, ex- it. it executes <laughs> on its jump scares sublimely. That's a James Wan masterpiece combined with the visual storytelling. This movie has works very well. It does. It's like, it's not scary beyond that. And like the biggest scare they show you early in the movie and it doesn't happen. So uh, it's not like the scariest movie in the world, but I think it is pretty scary. The jump scares are very good. It's a six mark. Jake just hit on something that I think has solved most of our problems with this movie, which is that the Conjuring universe as a whole should just be subtitled with blank made me do it. So like Conjuring 1, Bathsheba made me do it. Conjuring 2, Valak made me do it. Conjuring 3, the devil made me do it. And you just go in knowing who the ultimate bad guy is. Yeah. We should just do this. Just rebrand everything. I'm totally fine with this. The, the solution to The Conjuring 3 is right there in the title. It's the devil. <laughs> it's the devil, yeah. The name is the devil. And you have dominion over them for some reason. Yeah, knowing the devil's name gives me dominion over the devil. <laughs> He's just like, oh, shoot, Man, you know my name? <laughs> well, okay, Mark, what what is your score? <laughs> <laughs> that was a full-on tangent. You just stopped. <laughs> you didn't even get into end, it. <laughs> end of episode. Yeah. You scat man. <laughs> I give it a six. Okay. I don't really have much to add here. There are some innovative things that they do here, which are the things that I highlighted and what the movie does right. I love the scene with the nun. I love the scene in the basement. There are a few other random ones that are. Javier kinda... Botet is scary. Javier, Javier Botet rules. is scary, that despite the fact rules. that he probably shouldn't Should be, not in, this be movie. in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, I mean those those things combine to form a slightly better than average. Hollywood blockbuster horror movie. So, six. 
Jake. Yeah, I gave it a six as well. This one is significantly less scary to me than the original Conjuring. This is mostly because of where that mess factor we've talked about comes in. Crooked Man did not, should not. Why did you put it in the movie? Like, completely... I guess it looks cool, but that's not one of the scarier aspects of the movie to me. The scarier aspects of this movie are the scene that Mark mentioned with the nun, the scene that we've talked about with the ghost interaction where he kind of like morphs into the Bill Withers character into the chair where it's creepy and it makes your hair stand on end. Wait, wait, wait isn't Bill Withers Bill the guy Withers? who... Bill no, Williams. Bill Withers. Bill Williams. Okay. <laughs> Ain't no he, he morphed into the guy in the chair and started singing Lonely Day. <laughs> Lovely Bill Withers. Day. Lovely Day, yeah. You can tell what I'm... Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, Bill Withers in the chair. Okay, um, all of that was nonsense. Please say your rating again. I said a six at the okay. start. Cool. Mark just wants it so he can jot it so down. So we all circled the wagons and explained a lot of horse shit. Cool. Yeah, Basically, exactly. it's that part of the episode. We got to move six, faster. Six, six. All right, let's move on to effects or judicious lack thereof. This is another six for me. Uh, there are some very good effects and there are some very mediocre effects. I think overall it's above average, but like there's, you know. Uh, they use Javier <laughs> yep, Botet and make him herky-jerky, <laughs> you know. but then they do weird CG. There's cool cinematography, but then there's there's just bad, dumb shadow shit they do when the nun is down the hallway. Like, it's just, it's a, a tale of... Uh, sure, yes. Six, Mark. I 100% agree, but I actually ended up giving this movie a seven because I think this is where it shines to a certain extent. I give it points here for the cinematography that we've talked about at length and the way that they... There's a lot of bad CG, so keep that in your back pocket when I Uh say the following things. But I actually feel like they augment the scares particularly well with how they execute the effects in this movie, whether it's sets, whether it's costumes, whether it's uh, CG in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. There is poor execution. There's there's good execution, though. But and, And there's a lot of creative stuff that they do as well, which we've highlighted already. So this is the one category where I've bumped it up a little bit. I actually think this is a remarkable movie from an effects standpoint. All right, Jake. You gave it a seven? I gave it a seven. Hmm. I gave it a six and a half, so we just kind of went, that was the first time we've done that little one where there was no disconnection whatsoever, and we went straight up the the I mean, we all gave it the exact same score for Scare, so that's cool. Yeah, but this is the first one that was, whatever, I explained myself well enough, you don't have to give me your shit. Uh, Listener, listener, do not read any further into this. Yeah, don't read any further into it. I have nothing else to add other than you reminded me of the cross room, which was a good. That's a good set. The cross room was cool looking. Yeah, it's a good set. Yeah, and that was heavily featured in the trailers. If you remember yeah. that, like most of it was the, the was the cross. They knew they had some. It was dope. Yeah. It's also like a direct ripoff of The Exorcism of Emily Rose, but <laughs> we didn't talk about that. That's fine. That's another sort of like pseudo lost episode that we all prepared to review and then didn't review because of timing reasons. Is somehow. that what happened? Yeah. No, we were going to talk about it with my sister, and that never ended uh, up. Yeah, that's, exactly. Like We were going to have the special well, I guest I needed the additional detail. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take it overall. Uh, I'm going to give this a seven for overall. I think it's a great movie. Uh, it's, it's a very good horror movie. It is middle of the road, but it has so much going on for it that it like it, the, the benefits outshine the detriments, and I think this is a really good movie, and I have more fun watching it every time I watch it. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are so fucking charming, and James Wan can direct the hell out of a film. It's just a really good movie. It's not perfect, but it's just very, very good. Mark. 
I mean, this shouldn't surprise anyone at this point. I gave it a six. <laughs> I. It is what it is. I, it is what it is. I don't have really anything else to add here. It's certainly better than average, but it's certainly not much more than average. So cool. Go watch almost any other. Like go watch Insidious two. That would. That's a better movie than this. Almost any other what? Any other Patrick? Any Wilson? other Blumhouse yeah, sequel? Okay. Uh, this is better than Paranormal Activity. This is better than most Blumhouse sequels. I disagree with that hard. I think the original oh, Paranormal Activity this is one, two, three are all better. He is than on the record of this. This is yeah. his. This is the record he's on. That's interesting. What you've proposed to me, though, I need to think about. We're that moving one. past it. I'm giving my score. It's a six and a half. This movie. This is a bit of a tilt down for me. Um, basically, what stands out is that I was impressed with how well I stayed with one, this one, given how long it is. I think that is a feat because we always harp on movies for being way too long. However, there's basically no scenario where I'm going to go back to this one as opposed to the original. It's also kind of interesting how, like, even now, what I come away with is, like, remembering how cheesy some of the parts were, and that's not great. And it had its moments. It had its moments. I think it's a good movie. It's just not great. Yeah. And the original is great. So just watch that one. Well, that's going to take us into thumbs up, thumbs it. down. It's a thumbs up from me. Thumbs up Watch from me too, fucking dog. movie. It's, it's a, a good thumbs movie up from me if you've yeah. watched the first one. Yeah, and that's and that's ultimately like where it gets complicated. Is there's a bunch of movies that I recommend above this one, but like this is also still, still definitely a, a recommendable like it's, movie. Yeah. It's I don't think you have to have seen the first one. I think you can watch this just independently. And, but, but if I, you haven't seen I it either, I'm recommend recommending it. The Conjuring one to you so above hard. Above it, this movie. yeah, yes. above. Yes, it. yes, it's a good, not great movie. Yeah, yeah. and The Conjuring one is great. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yes, please. Yep, let's leave. This has been episode 202 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Uh, if you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we have going on, happy Halloween! Happy Halloween, because happy this is coming out before Halloween. We're doubling down on Jack's whole cutting if he's going to have to put this out late. You're too deep, man. You're either going to miss something or it's coming out on time. <laughs> <laughs> there's no chance of anything else anyway yeah if, if you like what we got going on head on over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels facebook twitter instagram they're all down there in the link below uh you can go and see what we have to say we're not on there all that often lately it's been fucking busy i'm not gonna lie as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, um, also, if you're here, still here hanging out with us, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member, but at the same time, we are fully aware of the world that we're living in right now and the fact that your money needs to be going to somewhere that matters. And as we've been doing for several months, that money is all going to be going to Feeding America currently. If that changes, then we'll certainly let you know where the money is going to be going to, but that's how things are going to be operating for the foreseeable future, and you still get all of those same great perks. The music that you're hearing right now has been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we have the last movie of the current crop. I believe it's one of Ooh. my picks. It is The Squad, or I don't know the name in Spanish, El Paramo. El Squad. Nope. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> it's The Squad. It's a Colombian movie. I'm excited to see it. I've seen it once. I liked it, so I'm interested to check it out again. We'll get into it all that next week and until then get your buddies grab some beers and go watch some horror movies have a great week everybody yeah it's like it's like it's like when you orgasm and you scream your own name you know <laughs>